Super Bowl Sunday had it all. A dramatic finish, a star-studded halftime show, a historic Super Bowl victory for the L.A. Rams, and much more. Plus, a look ahead to the 2023 season and who will make it to Arizona for next year's big game. All that and more next on the GM Shuffle. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. How about a cold one on the patio during a nice spring day? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Remarkable season of the NFL and a crazy playoff. I mean, it was one of the great playoffs we've ever seen in terms of close games. Down the stretch, it was just ridiculous how many close games there were. And ultimately, last night's Super Bowl, Mike, we're recording this 6 a.m. The, the, the different thoughts that I have in my head right now. One is, hey, congrats to the Rams. Aaron Donald was great. You and I both picked the Rams to win. I had 27-23. You had 31-20. So we come out ahead, so to speak. Halftime show was great. But here's the big thing. The officiating. It's the one thing I'm thinking about right now, and I saw you tweeting about it. You don't call the mugging on Jalen Ramsey when the Bengals score a touchdown, and yet late in that final drive, listen, credit to the Rams. Chris Collinsworth is saying that Stafford to Cup is one of the greatest drives ever. Listen, 15 plays, no doubt they got it done, but some of those calls. You you swallow the whistles all game, and you call those? Well, I think the biggest thing is, and I, I mean, look, I think – you know, the Rams play call and Sean McVay did not have a good night. I mean, let's be honest. We're going to talk about Sean being a Super Bowl coach. I, I thought it was – when I saw Sean's hand shaking violently at the beginning of the game when he had his play sheet in front of him and his hand was shaking, uh, I was a little worried for him. I mean, I could you could see the moment was really getting to him. And, and, and it was pretty clear by his play calling, by his game management, which has never been good, but it was really bad in this game. But on that play, on that play – if you go back and watch it, there's a false start on the play. There's a huge false start on the play. They don't even call it. I mean, the center is late snapping the ball. Whitworth is already in his in his set th- two yards deep before the ball actually gets to Stafford. I don't know how they blow it. So they don't call that. Then they call the mugging, which is really one of the worst calls. And, you know, and this is the end of it. I mean, when you break this game down, we talked about the offensive line for the Bengals. It proved to be the disaster of the moment. But to me, the referees who not wanting to get involved in the game, you know, they get involved in the game. They call four penalties against the Bengals for 31 yards. You know, Collinsworth said, that's what they call. Like, seriously, that's what, that's what, you know, like, what about an analysis? What about repeating the play and showing people that there was a huge false start on the play? 
Like it was, it was bad. I mean, you know, for a Super Bowl coverage, I, I, I don't know who had a worse night, NBC or or Sean McVay, and both of them come out winners. Yeah, and listen, as you mentioned earlier in the game, go back to the play calling. I mean, you tweeted Cincinnati's run defense was the MVP of this game. Yeah, I mean, the Rams couldn't run it at all, and you had said initially, like, listen, I think the way the Bengals are going to play defense is they'll allow them the run game. They're not going to get beat deep. Instead, their running game, it was incredible. The Rams couldn't get anything going. No, they couldn't get a thing going. They had 23 carries for 43 yards in the game. I mean, I miscalculated that. I thought, and I think the Rams felt like they would run it. I mean, they kept trying to get Acres going, like this infatuation with getting Acres going, and you know, he couldn't get it. He couldn't get them blocked. And then, you know, you're a um, you're a TV man. I'm not. I I grew up in football, but. Could you explain to me how they came up with this o- o- uh, Odell Beckham narrative that became <laughs> so prevalent through the whole yeah. thing? Like, like seriously, that they were a team that went all in with Stafford. They were a team that went all in with their salary cap. They signed Jalen Ramsey, and all of a sudden, they lose Beckham, who they acquire midseason, and then it was a disaster and everything's falling apart. Like, how did that narrative become the narrative? And then it was never going to get off of it. Yeah, they kept mentioning, like, it, it, they made it sound at one point, Chris was making it sound like, and I like Chris Collins with a lot, he's a great analyst, but he made it sound like Matthew Stafford had a bunch of JV receivers. He was yeah. like, I don't know how he's getting this done. I'm like, hang on a second. He's got Cooper Cup, who's third in MVP voting. He's still got his best receiver. Like, Beckham, I'm not saying he's washed up, but he's not the guy he once was. Like, he's not as indispensable as the way they're making him sound. But they made him sound like he's Jerry Rice. Without him, this is incredible if they can win this game. I'm like, no, uh, how could they win. do it? I mean, what about Jefferson? Jefferson's been there the whole season. Like, what about him? You know, it's like, and plus, it wasn't like that. This Bengals secondary is a great man-to-man secondary. So, like, I don't understand how the narrative, and then it just kept feeding into the narrative. Like everything just become like, is somebody not sitting next to Chris saying, like, Chris, here's the deal. Like somebody help him out. Like, like I, I don't know. I mean, to me, it made the broadcast because I was with a bunch of people. And I and we had the volume on. I mean, it made it really the game. It made the game herky jerky. It may, yeah, because he's sitting there talking about how they're man, they're playing zone and they're playing man. Like it was like so bad. You know, the first well, here's the first blitz of the game. No, it was it was just, it was a four man pressure with the corner coming off the edge. Like like <laughs> like who's who's telling them this stuff? Like yeah. is somebody not you know? And then they're going to pay twelve million dollars a year to tell me something about football, which isn't even happening on the field. <laughs> to me, I I know the game is the bigger moment. And and look, if you're a Bengal fan. I mean, it was, it was, you certainly were so close. But at the end of the day, after you go up 20 to 13, you end up getting basically, you get four first downs the rest of the game. That's all you get. You get your, the best field position you ever get in those, in that drives where you got the ball at the Cincinnati 20, you got the ball to your own 25. And the most you moved the ball was the last drive of the game when you took it to the, to the Ram 49. And then here's the question. What the hell are we doing handing the ball off to Pirine on third and one? Okay, so let's go back. So I watched it again, and first off, I said second and one, you're taking a shot down the field, which again, in a vacuum, I get it, but it wasn't even close. Like that's that second and one, bad play call. Now the third and one you hand off to Pirine, boom, Aaron Donald stops him. And then on fourth one, Aaron Donald, who was incredible, ends up getting the, the sack, and or not even sack, sorry, Burrow threw it away because of the immense pressure. But those are three play calls, Mike, that I'm like, hang on a second. They were marching with such efficiency. It was like 58 seconds left. I said, oh my God, McPherson's got such a strong leg. They're at near midfield. They need like a first down. They need 15 more yards. And this thing's going to overtime. That play calling, those last three calls, brutal. 
I thought it was horrible. I mean, I thought Zach Taylor just shit his bed. I mean, literally. <laughs> I mean, I, like, seriously, you got second and one. Why are we wasting a play? Why are we wasting a play anyway? Like, get you know, get the first down. Get right. him under center. You and know, then you, if you want to take a shot, I get that. Get the first down first. This is where I think we really get cheated as fans, okay? When we got the ball at second and one, there's 54 seconds left to go in the game, right? He he comes out, he throws a short pass to 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 Chase, which Ramsey, who we can't stop praising about having the greatest corner in the history of football. I mean, you think right. this is <laughs> Willie Brown, Herb Adderley. I mean, you think this is the guy. Meanwhile, he's getting roasted on plays left and right. He got lit up like a Christmas tree Like last a Christmas night. tree. Like, And I kept thinking about it. You know, like what we really miss in this with our commentary today, we miss an honesty. Like at least, you know, why was Howard Cosell so popular? Because he was honest. He would say this guy's playing like crap. Like, what's wrong with it? Like, Ramsey's like, and then Ramsey looks around to blame somebody every time he doesn't cover somebody. It's like, it's always never his fault, you know, never his fault, right? You know, the first pass, he kind of went like that. Okay, it's on me. I mean, the second one, he got mugged. But this one, he undercuts it. The guy goes for a chase, makes a big play. So now we're, at, here's where I think fans don't understand it. There's, there's different levels of two-minute offense, right? So, the first, you know, when we have the ball like what they did and you send them on the field, you're basically telling Burrow, look, I don't really want to get into two minute. I want to get into like a slow. I want our slow two minute out here because I, I don't want them to get the ball back with any time left. We just witnessed 13 seconds beat the fucking Bills, right? Or tie the Bills, right? So like, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to give them any chance. All we got to do is if we get the ball to their 31, 32, this kid's going to make the field goal. We'll get it to overtime. Okay, I love to win the game right here, but I, like I want to get it to overtime. Second and one with 54 seconds, we got plenty of time. We got plenty of time. Like, why can't we? We got still have two timeouts. Get them under center. Run the ball. Get the first down. Call timeout. You know, get mix it in the game. Get a good play call there. Why are we wasting calls? Like, why are we? Because you know why we waste calls? Because we don't equate the clock to the number of plays left in the game. That's why. That's why we don't do it. And so he just pisses down his leg and he has three of the worst calls. What did we say when playoff football started this year on the on the shuffle? We said, these games are determined by third and one, third and short. And look what's the biggest games were determined by third and short. It's, it was a joke. Yeah, at one point they had the graphic up there, the Rams third down defense, like 20% was what they're allowing teams to convert at. And it was right around there in yesterday's game as well. Like they, They're the type of defense that they will clamp down when need be and like I said, if I look at major themes of the game, I go questionable officiating. Bengals had a chance, weren't able to push it through because their offensive you know, play calling was poor down the stretch. And the Rams defense stepped up, like plain and simple. Aaron Donald's a great player. The guy stepped up when need be. And Stafford, who was inconsistent in the game, had a couple of interceptions, again, did lead his team in a fourth quarter comeback. Say what you will, him and Cup did assert themselves when need be. No doubt. And they were able to get the ball in the end zone. And But that whole drive, you go back to that drive. I mean, what McVay is like, I think, I don't know what the hell McVay was thinking about on that drive. I mean, here he is. He's got the ball. You know, he's got, he come first of all, let's go back to the end of the first half. He's on the interception. He snaps the ball before the two-minute warning, which is the most ridiculous thing of all. He's driving it in. He's got a chance to, to make a play and he snaps the ball before the two-minute warning. And that's the interception. Right. And then the idiot Hargraves goes and runs on the field and gets a penalty. Right. Like, like, seriously, like, what are you doing? Like, obviously, nobody told him you can't go on the field. Right. Like, you just let this undisciplined jerk go run and run on the field. Right. So now we got the two minute warning. They get the ball and they don't do anything with it. Now he gets the ball back. 
And he starts, he lets the two-minute two warning go out. He's got 155 to go. The ball's first and goal at the eight. Now, he's thinking two things here. Now, I got to score, but I also got to take some of these timeouts. They've got McPherson on the other side. He can make a 55-yarder. Thank God I read on, on Twitter that he was hitting 60-yarders because nobody on the broadcast told us what his range was in pregame. You know, we got 75 fucking people at this game. I mean, Eisenhower had less people to invade Normandy, and we got fucking, we can't even show a clip of this guy kicking the ball in pregame to let the Vans know at home what his range is, right? Like, like, and that's, wouldn't that be kind of important? One would think. You would yeah. think so, right? I mean, you know, got all these cameras there. We got 17 crews, you know, Maria Taylor's changing outfits. I mean, we got, we got wardrobe changes. We got it all, right? But we can't get a goddamn <laughs> kicker to come over here to show us how far he can kick, right? So, all right. So now it's first and goal. And I tweet, tweet this out. He's got, there's got to be a possession pass run here to start the clock. Like, I'm not trying to waste it down, but I'm trying to get the clock. The clock's my opponent here, too. Naturally, throws it out of bounds. You know, he's got a guy wide open in the end zone. Stafford misses him. His whole game management related to play calling, McVay, it was a disaster. It's been a disaster. He's always been. And and the, the re, there's, the, there's the mainstream media that thinks he's the greatest coach of all time. And then there's people that bet on games and know he's not even in the top five coaches of all time. Like, he's not. His game management is a disaster. And he's been able to get away with it because the guy on the other side he wasn't very good either. So yeah. to me, you know, and then they score that. I mean, it just to me was uh, was a horrible, horrible, uh, horrible play calling at the end. And he and he gets bailed out by that call. I mean, he gets bailed out by that call. It should have been it should have been offsetting penalties. It should we should have done that play again. I thought the call on sprint right option the next play was a bad call. Then he comes back and he runs the quarterback sneak. Right, he runs the quarterback sneak, which he gets them to call a timeout. So now it's now it's one thirty-five to go, first and goal, second and one at the one. He throws the fade in the end zone, right? Like, why not try to run it one more time there? Burn down some more clock, but ultimately it does not hurt the Rams as they're able to pull through. But just a bit of a messy game, and that's the thing. Again, I said at the top, a lot of close games in this playoff. We had some epic games. Last night was not a great football game. I think if you watch it, it was I a said. close game, but it was not a good football game. It was not well played. It was horribly officiated. I mean, you know, I mean, the, the Bengals score 20 points in the game. They get a gift seven because of the, the guy. I don't know. What was that guy looking at? The guy that saw that Ramsey get mugged. What was he watching? <laughs> it was insane. I'm like, hang on a second. How is that not a call? I mean, how is like, that not a call? Yeah. I mean, so you got that bad call. I mean, you got, you know, they didn't want to be involved in a game. You could just tell that. They had no interest in being involved in a game. I mean, they called one holding call, I think, the whole night on the Rams on that, on that touchdown throw to Cup that had offsetting penalties. I mean, but other than that, he had no interest in calling anything until the Cup call, which if you go back and watch the Cup call, to me, it's a nitpicking call. I mean, it really, yeah. the call should have been a false start on the Rams. Ticky-tack call, without question. If that's a makeup call, you go, hey, you know what? We screwed up earlier. That should have been a call. Offensive pass interference on Ramsey. Fine, we'll make it up here. But of all the calls, you see the replay, you're like, really? That's what you're going to call? Hold like that? And that late in the game, in that context, that's the call you're making. Wow. Okay. I, I mean, really, seriously. I mean, they you, you just would think that they would have some kind of – I mean, I know they didn't want to get themselves involved in a game, but for me it was – that's what made it a, a bad game. And I think that the end of the day, you know, everybody thought Burrow was going to lead them right down the field. But at the end – you know, I mean, they can't block anybody, A.D. 
I mean, yeah. and they're undisciplined. The Bengals, I mean, they should have been called. When, when Donald pushed Burrow out of bounds, I mean, there should have been a penalty on the Bengals. The Bengals are pushing people in the face, like left and right. You know, yeah. Prince, the right tackle, can't block anybody, but he can't wait to get a, a, a personal foul. He, he's cheap shotting people. Like I, I, I just, to me, look, everybody thinks, well, the Bengals will be back next year. I, I, I'll say this. They, they, you better be careful on that. They better fix that. I think Burrow's great. Don't get me wrong. And Chase is fabulous. But there's a lot of, there's a lot of issues with that they got to fix in the offseason. Yeah, I felt like without some significant moves, they're not going to be back next year, which is odd to think about a team that's so young and on the rise that just made the Super Bowl. But offensive line deficiency clearly let them down. Aaron Donald Cooper Cup stepped up. Cup is the MVP as the Rams come through. They went all in, and they were rewarded with a Super Bowl title. And Sean McVay, at 36 years of age, becomes the youngest coach to win an NFL title. 2022 NFL season's in the books. The Rams win it all. Will the band stay together repeat next year? As we just mentioned, can the Bengals remain on top? And who will be the early favorites to be playing in Arizona next February? More to come on the GM Show. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. I mean, these second-round playoffs have been unreal, and we have the conference finals now on the horizon. Make sure you get all those futures bets in before the value disappears. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets in. Instantly download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SHUFFLE. That's code SHUFFLE for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please pay responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, before we get to the early storylines for next season, halftime show, anybody between the ages of 35 and 50 was calling it the greatest halftime show of all time. My wife's 36. She's going love Snoop and California Love and 50 Cent. Uh, it's all the music you know that I would know of the 2000s and uh, obviously very memorable for that demographic. I'm laughing at myself, folks. I'm like, all right, obviously a great hip-hop show, lots of different stars, whether it was Snoop, whether it's Mary J. Blige, 50 Cent. But I can't imagine my man Lombardi was rocking out to that halftime show. What were you doing during the halftime show? Uh, I mean, I, I thought it was really well done. I mean, I like Dr. Dre. I thought it was yeah, kind okay, of Dr. interesting. Dre's your guy. I don't yeah, know yeah. if that was this, if that was at his uh, uh, control panel there that he had up there on the stage. <laughs> I kind of find it interesting that they way they designed the set, like their backs were to an entire audience. Like, you know, like nobody could see through through the cafe. I like the fact that they had a diner on the field. I appreciated it. You know, I'm a big diner guy. I, got, I love Jersey diners. I got a bunch of Jersey diner books here up on my shelf. Uh, 
<laughs> I don't. And by know, the way, last time I saw Eminem in football was that infamous with your guy. No, was it was it Musburger? Yeah, or him and Herb Street. It was in the booth. Uh, maybe it was foul. I can't remember now. I remember Eminem was at a college football game doing an interview. He had the, the weird eyes going and stuff. So it was weird to see Eminem back in a football field again. They said after the game, he went to the Sunday night football truck, posed for pictures with Al and Chris for like 20 minutes. So Eminem was definitely into the game too. Uh, yeah, I, I thought, you know, like I, I love Jason Whitlock said when, you know, he, he tweeted out, he said, uh, he said, to, you know, when Maria Taylor said it was the greatest halftime show of all time. And, he, and of course, naturally, you know, Whitlock said, remind her that Michael Jackson performed at halftime of the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, like Michael Jackson, Prince. There's been some other big ones. Bruce, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, I, it was I mean, I think it was great. And the, the price of the, the, you could just see the people just enthralled by it. I mean, for me, yes. when, at halftime, I was enjoying it. But I went back and watched the Sopranos commercial again. Right, so let's get to the headline. It should have been our headline at the top because everyone was tweeting at you. I mean, like, oh my God, are you kidding? Meadow driving. That's right. An homage to the famous opening of The Sopranos, which is so unforgettable. And they got the music. How did they get the music? That had to cost them a fortune, right? Oh, it must that have. That like, band in LA. Think about the, the 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 guys who wrote that "Woke Up This Morning" song. You know, they right. put this pedestrian-like song up that basically <laughs> had no meaning whatsoever to it, right? David Chase is driving his car on the fucking four hundred five, and he hears it, and he says, "Okay, I'm going to make this song the opening of my guy." And and all of a sudden, this band—I I don't know if they're making. I hope they're making money off it. I mean, I don't think they're going to pull it off of Spotify anytime soon. So, you know, I hope they're making money on it. Well, that's the thing, and it's like just those opening bars. As soon as you just hear the like every Sopranos oh. fan starts losing their mind. Like, all right, here we go. Like, oh, are you kidding? They're back. And Alan Sepinwall, who's great, of course, he's a you know, longtime Sopranos file. He's a rope for the Newark Star Ledger, now works for Rolling Stone. He did like seven takeaways from the commercial itself. One of his takeaways is the fact that, okay, they're all in an environmentally friendly cars. Like, we didn't realize that, but that's what the Sopranos are now. And the fact that this Chevy commercial, like I'd love to see, I'd love to see how many people end up buying Chevys just because it's commercial. But also the fact that that place is about an hour and a little bit from me, Bar's Landing, that restaurant, which is where she meets AJ, which is near where... Uh, that famous episode of Whitecaps where Tony was going to buy the house for Carmela. So bit of a callback to Whitecaps, that restaurant. Yeah, and was that rest- isn't it, was that restaurant the restaurant that was in the Nor- Many Saints of Newark? I believe it was also the Many Saints of Newark, yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, so that's what I thought. I thought they went drive. You know, when, when they hear Astral Weeks in the Many Saints of Newark, which was the whole best part of Many Saints of Newark, I thought it was great. I thought it was an homage to, to but what I would have done, and I don't think you could have done it, I would have liked to seen like a visual of James Gandolfini off to the side. Yeah, it would have been so nice. just, just to, to let him. to get people more into that, is he dead or alive? Yeah, by the way, Antonio, a guy who was never about technology, he, like, you know what I mean? Remember one time with the phones, he was like, these cookies make me nervous, right? Yeah. Always using the pay phones. Here, you got you got Meadow using a GPS. There's yeah. no way Tony would want to be tracked like that. Are you kidding me? But, and the, this Chevy Silverado is way too tech savvy for Tony. I love it. And of course, AJ and typical AJ just walks on. He, they don't want to give him any lines because he probably couldn't remember them, you know? So, you know, I mean, you know, that was perfect. So I, I was watching the commercials. I, I thought, but no, the halftime show I thought was great. And and I could just, the people I was with, I was with my man, Bill Berman, and we had, a, he had people over his house and his daughters, they loved it. I mean, it was great. Nice. I mean, that's what it should be. It shouldn't be for, you know, somebody like me who wants to hear Springsteen. I mean, literally the last time, one year I was in the, the Super Bowl in Detroit 
Detroit and they had the Rolling Stones playing. And I'm thinking like, we're in Detroit. How can we have a British band in Detroit? You know, like seriously, this is the whole, I mean, it should have been Bob Seger or somebody like that, you know, you know, working on the night moves. Yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> or some but, Motown if it was Detroit. <laughs> right. Exactly. But uh, to me, I thought it was, I mean, it was, it was wonderful. It was great. I thought the production was incredible, you know, and, and I didn't mind, I didn't think it was too long. I did. I really didn't think the halftime was too long. I, I, the one thing I do think is the pregame shows are ridiculously long, but we can't get Evan McPherson how far he can kick a ball. But other than that, it was fine. <laughs> yeah. The uh, other point there with the halftime shows, it's like normally that is like, now all, all things in life. You watch a football game, halftime's when you go to the bathroom, got to make a call, whatever, make yourself a sandwich, whatever you like. No, this time people were actually glued to it. I'm sure the ratings were great. And like I said, it's something for everybody. After the Janet Jackson, Justin Timberlake wardrobe malfunction, that's where they went conservative. For like eight straight years, you had Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Now they're like, okay, we can go back to do it. Last year with J-Lo and Shakira shaking their assets. Now we've got, again, more contemporary music, Dr. Dre, Icon, etc. cetera. Um, other things with commercials. We had a Larry David commercial, which was fantastic. Ooh, brilliant, I mean, nothing, brilliant. Nothing's topping the Sopranos, but Larry David, fantastic commercial. Fantastic. Unbelievable. Mike Myers, uh, Austin Powers commercial. <laughs> yes, yes, I mean, yeah, the, yeah. you know, the robot dog, I thought was incredible. I mean, it's a robot and I'm falling in love with the dog. I'm looking at Bella like, <laughs> okay, look, you need a commercial next year. Like, we got to get you into something here. Uh, I mean, what else did I like? I mean, there was there were a lot of good ones. I thought the one Jim with Carrey, the- Jim Carrey, cable guy was interesting to see. Jim Carrey said the back. same thing. I mean, him coming back and that. And then the one with the kids, you know, where the, the kids were talking out in the woods. I I, I, I think yeah, it was yeah. E-Trade, but I'm not sure. That was good, too. But I, I mean, I think that that's what makes the Super Bowl so much fun is the commercials and, you know, and like looking at them. And like sometimes you wonder why these 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 companies buy these advertising. What was the other one where, uh, oh, uh, Planet Fitness that had uh, female singer was in that. She was walking through the club. William Shatner was in it. I don't remember. He now. was on the I mean, bike. Yeah. Well, that was, I mean, that, it was kind regardless. of. Regardless. Somebody will tweet us which one it was. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, lots of great commercials. We got about five minutes left here as we uh, start to wrap up shop. Just look ahead to the next season. We'll go, we'll go rapid fire. Will the Rams repeat next season? I say no. No. And I, and I say this. I know he says he wants to come back, but I think winning it and the way he was shaken and the pressure on him, I, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Sean just said enough, enough. I mean, I go to the TV booth. I mean, he's put it out there that he's interested, yes. right? There was whispers about that. They said, listen, I'm getting married this offseason. I want to start a family sooner rather than later. At 36, he becomes the youngest ever to coach. And he openly mentioned the TV booth. This is not a guy who sounds like Mike. He wants to be there the next 10 years. Yeah, and I mean, look, he's got an uphill battle. I mean, look, they won. They went all in. Congratulations to them. And, you know, I mean, they... I'll say this. I mean, I think if Buffalo and Kansas City have to be the two most bitter teams of all time, Buffalo's sitting oh. there saying we would have beaten the Rams, and Kansas City's saying we would have beaten the Rams. I mean, I, I know the Rams are world champs, but they're not the best. To me, they were the best team in the league, but you have to have that little bit of like, wow, you put Josh Allen on that field, or you put Mahomes when he's playing good, which he didn't play good. I mean, you know, I, I give the Rams credit. They only allowed nine first downs to be converted on third down. The entire playoffs. The only three yesterday, six going into the game. So give wow. them all the credit in the world. But to me, uh, you know, if you're sitting there in Buffalo, you're saying like, shit, we really screwed this thing. I mean, it makes what Sean McDermott did in that 13 seconds even more uh, <laughs> d- devastating. No question. I, and that's why I think since you'll be hard-pressed to step above, as you said, Buffalo, KC, and those other teams there. And the NFC, maybe it's Arizona, maybe it's Dallas, maybe it's Green Bay. By the way, now the stories are coming out. The, the, the Packers will pay whatever it takes for Aaron Rodgers. Really? Now you realize you should pay the guy $50 million a year? Now you're going to get the brink strike and back it up for Aaron Rodgers? Okay, great. Now you realize after he wins his fourth MVP. 
Ridiculous. Yeah, no, they have no other choice. I mean, and, you know, and, and we're, we're, you talk about narratives. I mean, Chris was on the OJ, o, Odell Beckham narrative. Now we're going to listen to the, you know, the narrative of Aaron Rodgers, the whole offseason, where he's going to go. Russell Wilson, where's he going to go? Like, at some point, you know, these guys, where are they going to go? The fact that they're not going to go anywhere, you know, and I think that ultimately, um, you know, that that was. But I, I think, AD, the biggest story of the offseason so far mm-hmm. is the fact that I have to, both Millie and I are extremely proud of our man Mick, who just became oh, the yes. offensive coordinator of the of the Las Vegas Raiders. And I love people that tweet me now and say, "Well, now he won't hate the Raiders as much." I never hated the Raiders, like <laughs> you know, like I never. But you, you know, when you're not good, you got to say you're not good. So, but we're really extremely proud of him and what he's been able to accomplish. And we wish him luck. Obviously, having a chance to go with Josh McDaniels is great for his educational process, and I think that he's going to continue to grow as a coach. And we're really delighted for him and the success he's been able to achieve so I, I can't uh, I appreciate everybody tweeting to me and, and congratulating me it, it means a lot as a father to watch your son what I love the most about it was when Schefter tweeted it out you know he just tweeted it out as a standalone like you, you which as a father you don't want to be involved in your son's career Correct. you want to be off he to the he side he didn't tweet at you you're right it was just a separate story like, you, want to be, like, you right. want to be at you and and I will say this you know Schefter did not beat me on the story I had it I just <laughs> I, I had it Mick did let his dad know he was going to be yeah, the Raiders I, I, I want you to know I didn't read I didn't learn about it when Schefter tweeted it I want you to know that but I'm, we're really proud of him and, and the fact that he's going to the Raiders going to a city that I started my career at going to the Raiders once a Raider always a Raider is a great sense of pride and 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 you know, as he wa- he was a kid. It's funny when he went out there for this interview. They all said, "Weren't you the little kid that used to walk around here and go in the locker room and steal shoes and and, and wristbands?" You know. <laughs> so it's come full circle. So it's it, I'm delighted for him. And there's nothing more satisfying than watching your grandchildren play and watching your kids, Matthew, having success at Carolina. And then Mickey having success here. Now, we're all thrilled for you, man. Hopefully, Mick will be a roaring success. Like you said, he's there with McDaniels. There's something about the Raiders in the Lombardi blood. So it's going to be awesome to see his oh, progression. We're going to do great, young man. We're going to do great. <laughs> God damn it. You know, if, if he would have watched that so game. So are Al Davis is just beaming, isn't he? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, we're going to do do great, young man. That's it. And when he used to hang up the phone, something, uh, do great, do great. <laughs> I used to love that when he called me young man. The best is when he would call my house when I wasn't working for him. And and sometimes my mother would be there. And so he would call and, oh, young lady, is your son home? And, <laughs> and, uh, and then they would engage. In, and then he literally, he was, he was such a great recruiter. Like you could see how he was able to get these players from the AFL, from the NFL to swing over to the AFL. He, he had my mother mesmerized. He would say, oh, and, and, and then they start talking music of the 30s and 40s, you know, like, and, oh, he, would, and he would engage. Oh, I love Billy Eckstein. Oh, she's my gal. I love her. <laughs> Gonna talk a little Ella Fitzgerald. That'd be good stuff. Oh, he loved her too. Now he loved her too. A tisca to tasket. All right, last few awards here. Who's going on the lamb? You could say the referees, or you could say Zach Taylor, or the Bengals O line. I think NBC's production crew needs to go on the lamb. I think you need to listen (laughs) to yourself. I mean, look at yourself. Like seriously, go back and watch the game. Like bring somebody in that knows something about football and say, watch this game with us. And right. show us where we can become better. If you really want to be good, like watch this game. Where are we missing it? I know we're in the entertainment business and we don't want to become a stuffy, stuffy. But but what we miss in football, television, which what we miss is the strategy. What we miss is the big picture. What we miss is somebody coaching both teams. What we miss is the Howard Cosell ability to say, this guy's not playing good. 
you know, now I know Chris is hesitant to say it because he's got to go into the teams the next day. He's got to see the players. Remove all that. Like, like seriously, this is not 1950 where, you know, you need them to give you information. I sit here at this desk in Ocean City. I don't need them to tell me. I watch the tape. Like, I don't need them to tell me. Like, give the fans more honesty. Like, this guy's playing like crap, you know, and don't be afraid of it. I think that's really what who needs to go on the lamb. Fred Palermo wore the best game plan of the week. As you said, you weren't you weren't impressed with either of the game plans. I thought they were horrible. No, I, yeah. I think Cincinnati's game plan, I think Lou Amaroro, uh, I thought he was great. I think, you know, the fact that he gave up 23 points, he lost the game. Uh, I, I think he still deserves a ton of credit. The fact that he played as good a run defense. Going into that game, yeah. they allowed 5.9 yards of carry against the, the Raiders, against the, you know, the Titans and against the Chiefs. And to stone the Rams the way he stoned them is pretty remarkable. I, I I think he did a great job. I mean, he really, to me, his ability to coach that team, make adjustments on the way, I thought he really deserves it. I thought he had, even though he lost, sometimes you yeah. lose, you have the best game plan. And if you don't know, now you know? The season's over. I mean, <laughs> we move on to the, now we enter into the Aaron Rodgers era about all the commentary about Aaron Rodgers and, and we do that. But I think if you don't know, now you know is that this, as bite as we say this, it's the, the football is so great. And now we're in the dark ages. When I was at Valley Forge Military Academy, when we went back after winter break, the guy says to me, he says, we're now in the dark ages. It won't be fun again until sometime in April. And now it's not going to, watching, what are we going to watch? You know, until next August, you know, like seriously, it's the hard part with football over with. So it was fun though. I enjoyed it. Yeah. You got your Sixers now and you can watch James Harden for the next couple of months. Yeah. That's uh, it'll be, you know, I, I, I think to me, I thought of Al Davis on the James Harden trade quite a bit because, and I, and I texted this to Daryl Morey and I said, you know, the thing I give you a lot of credit for is the fact that your ability with patience and your ability to change the narrative. Because, you know, he hung in there. And that was one of Al's greatest strengths was his ability to not give in to the pressure or the narrative of the moment. And whether it was John Gruden or any of that, I mean, he hung in there. And you got to give him credit. Look, I think they overpaid for Harden. They're going to be a bad contract in two years. But I think what he did was he said, look, like the Rams, we got to go all in now. This is our window. And they and he did it. We'll have lots of pop culture minutes as we tweet now all the shows and movies we're going to watch in the next couple of months. But as we close up shopping in the GM Shuffle, on a personal note, I just want to say thanks to all the listeners out there. Me and Mike have now been doing this podcast almost three years. We've done 231 episodes. So thanks to Spencer Brown, Chris Corcoran, Rich Cook, Ugo, the entire team here at Cadence 13. It's been a remarkable run for us. I'm so grateful to you, Mike, not only what you've taught me about football, but our friendship and our laughs. And, and most of all, a big thank you to all the listeners now. We're going to take a little break. As Mike said, it's the dark ages now, so we will rest and recuperate. But honestly, thanks to everybody for an incredible run so far, and hopefully we'll keep this thing rolling. Yep, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, we're looking forward to it, hopefully, and we will keep it rolling. But, uh, you know, we're going to take a little bit of break here as we kind of sort through some of the business elements of all this. And and I enjoy working with you. I love this. This has been awesome. It's, it's great to have... Uh, the complete honesty that we are able to share, whether it's in movies, Sopranos. And I mean, look, you know, we're not going to let the screen go black. We'll be back. <laughs> exactly. We're off to go get a Chevrolet, but don't worry, we'll be back like Meadow and AJ hanging out. Thanks so much for checking out the GM Shuffle. Enjoy your off season. We'll be back sooner than rather than later. Thank you so much. <laughs>